Slot Podcast with the most electrifying man in all of podcasting. Your host, the Opera Ghost. Now please sit back, relax, make sure you enjoy yourself. And always remember, let's get a slutty, find the ASLUT Podcast on all social media at the ASLUT Podcast. And please check out the website, aslutpodcast.com, or email the show. At gmail.com. And once again, please enjoy. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the ASAP Podcast. Now, before we kick into everything, <clears throat> APG, Alt Playground, they've um, they've changed the game again. They've uh, got a couple of sites that have merged into them. Earlier this year, Sexy Mofo was merged, in, merged into Alt Playground. And now, we're welcoming Swingers Social, the Alt Playground family. Past members of these sites have been provided with a trial membership to Alt Play- Playground. So if you were one of, one of the members on those sites, um, you now have a trial membership for Alt Playground as well. So do go and check it out. See what you think. I guarantee you'll be impressed by it. But um, so, some of the things I wanted to talk about this time was uh, the conferences module of Old Playground, which is actually really cool, really exciting. So if you want a little learning with your non-monogamous fun as well, well it's really, really, really good um, learning material on here. Check out the conferences module on oldplayground.net. You will learn a lot. As part of that, you can also go onto the forums and share your lifestyle insight or learn from others who have lived and breathed the lifestyle. And you can start your own forum topics and connect with others from across the United States. So do go check it out. Altplayground.net touch of your lips dear but much more for the touch of your whips dear you can raise welts like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango say our love is a flame not an amber say it's me that you want to dismember blacken my eye set fire to my tie as we dance to the masochism tango at your command before you here i stand my heart is in my hand well hey again everyone here's my voice once again and 
now we're going to do an introduction to the actual show. So, um, yeah, because I'm being so poignant, why not being a little bit, a little bit out of it than usual? But hey, that's all good. Um, this episode is a bit of a bit of a interesting one, anyway, because this one's going to be all about me. Um, I get interviewed by a guest that I have had on the show before, Sadie. She's going to come back, and she uh, she had a few questions to ask me. And at the end, right at the end, I'm going to ask uh, answer a couple of a um, couple of Twitter questions. They're completely random ones, by the way. That uh, bed hoppers and another user. Uh, another listener sent through, so we're, we're going to answer those, and we'll go through it, and it'll be fun, it'll be good. So it's a wee bit of a different one, so as um, make sure you can contact, uh, sorry, not make sure, but um, visit the website at aslotpodcast.com uh, on all of the social networking, so your Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the airslot podcast and you can email the show at the airslot podcast at gmail.com feel free to send me any questions or any 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 kind of feedback would be great also leave a review wherever you listen as well um, whether it be apple podcasts or itunes or whatever please leave a review help other people find the show but without further ado here we go and don't forget please Please enjoy and uh, let's get a slutty. In the days, cause every single rave is set the dance for a blaze. Great the way the gazers get out the way. You ain't hit a ramp and you ain't back here to play, cause you're a gangster. You ain't doing this one for the pay. What's it in the supermarket? What's it in the rave? Way the people looking, way the DJ rides the fade. Not a lesson in pressing the dressing, how you say. Oh, you're a hard that to follow. When your boss has gang, gonna feel it tomorrow, like, oh. You're a hard that to follow Rocking up the floor like you just won a lotto Oh, you're a hard that to follow And so I welcome back to the show for a second time Not many people get to come on twice But we have welcomed her back Welcome to Sadie Now why are you here this time, Sadie? Ah, uh, Simon, I'm here to ask you a couple of questions So listeners and myself can get to know you a little bit better And understand you and um, in relation to some of the topics you explore in your podcast. Oh, wonderful. This this is going to be a bit of fun. So this is a kind of an idea that I came up with it and then you ran with So I'm really stoked that you've um, taken the time out for this as well. So I appreciate it. Thank you. No worries. Um, so I thought we could focus on a couple of topics. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the conversation might go somewhere else, but as I'm really usually interested does with in me. hearing about um, your bisexuality, mm-hmm. um, your approach to non-monogamy, mm-hmm. and also your interest in kink and how you practice your kink. Wonderful. I love talking about this. And I love talking about me, so... I don't do it <laughs> enough. 
Um, so I guess I kind of want to talk about, to you about your sexuality first. I guess being mm-hmm. a bi person myself as well, mm-hmm. it's something that I find really interesting to talk to other people about. How would you kind of, um, like, if someone asked about your sexuality that at dinner party, how would you, you know, talk about it to them? If somebody asked me about it? Yeah, say if you were at a dinner party and someone said, oh, Simon, what floats your boat? Um, I, uh, I'm very straight up and I'm very forward and very honest about about my sexuality. So my answer to that is literally just I'm bisexual. I like women and I like everyone else as well. Which, which a lot of people will see that as pansexual, but I, I claim myself to be bisexual, which is the opposite gender and every other gender, or any other gender, I guess. Yeah, so your gender and any other gender. Yes, correct. Yeah. And um, have you been with gender diverse people as well? I have indeed, yes. I, I enjoy it quite a lot, actually. That's good. And um, with you identifying as bi, has that ever um, been a bit of a hurdle when you've been playing or like having relationships with people who are gender diverse? Not so much when I've been playing and uh, or been in a relationship with them. Just because we've already gone through all of that sort of stuff, I guess. It's um, it, the issue. The issue for me comes in. And I'll speak about it a bit. Is is um, I have spoken about it a bit as this podcast has gone on, and it's um, it's more finding people that are accepting of a, excuse me, of a bisexual male. Mm. Which mm. it's there, there's more of a stigma around male bisexuality than female bisexuality. I think I, I, I'm pretty sure I spoke to the by the by guys about that a few weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, and um, do you do you um uh, say that you're by on like online dating apps? I do indeed. It's all on that on my Tinder profile, which I'm ashamed that I do actually have. But it, I th- I find that it's easier just to get it out in the open to begin with, so you, nobody's wasting their time just to be down the line end up finding out that I'm by and they're not good with it, or or yeah. you know. It's yeah, just better to be up front. Like, I'm at an age now, I'm <clears throat> almost 31 in less than two weeks, I turn 31, where I, I don't have time. And even then, like, when I'm at work, I'm not currently working, obviously, but when I'm at work, it, um, it takes up a lot of my time. So my time's yeah. quite precious, I guess. So I don't want to give my time to somebody who's not going to be accepting of who I am yeah. and, and yeah. what I'm doing. You so. want to be up front and you yeah. want to make sure people know what they're getting into. Hmm. And um, one of the questions that I get when I say I'm bi is the question of, oh, Alice, which which gender are you into more? How do you react to that um, question? And um, do you think you have a, you know, a, pre- a, preference, a preference at all? So one of the questions that you get asked a lot, you've just asked me, kind of. Yes. <laughs> that's, that, um, that's that's absolutely fine. Sorry, I've got a dog climbing all over me at the moment. Yes, buddy. Um, 
It's not a question yep. I really enjoy. Yeah. I, I think it's one of those sort of cop out questions because I don't. I really don't think it matters either way with a person. Um. So yeah, it kind of annoys me, and it's kind of the it's an expected question now almost when you come out as as bi. Um. And and I say that even though I kind of do have a preference a preference towards women. But that's just how I am. Uh, but I, I don't close off any anybody because of that preference. Yeah. You know, my it it my preference changes as well. It's much more fluid than people realize. Mm-hmm. It can change from day to day. It can change from you know, 12 minutes ago to now. Yeah. And it just if if I see an attractive person, then I'm probably gonna want to sleep with it. Yeah, and uh, we'll sleep with them. You, sorry, not does sleep this, with it, does that's this all. mean that you're just attracted to everybody? I'm um, Simon. Hmm. <laughs> no. No. Oh, I feel oh, special God. now since uh, we we play together. Yeah. Um. Definitely not. And that's one one of the big falsities that comes through quite a lot. Is that, oh, you're just. And pansexuals get it quite a bit, and and because I identify as bi, but technically the same as pan, I guess, or close to. That um, yeah, people, I I get the same sort of thing where people think, oh, you, you're just greedy. You 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 have sex with anything that moves, and I'm just like, well, no. I have to be attracted to somebody. I can't. I'm not a. When I was younger, I definitely was, but I'm definitely not a casual sex person now, really. It's not... I need some form of connection, something to keep me interested, something to keep me going, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And you've kind of talked about it just uh, briefly, but what do you think is the difference between, uh, like, a bisexual, you know, cisgender woman, bisexual cisgender man... Um, bisexual trans man, bisexual trans woman, or by um, by, you know, um, ge- you know, gender diverse person, or mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, more neutral, whatever the, the the thing. But like when it's gender plus bisexuality, what do you think are some of the the differences? Um, I think that there's a stigma around anybody that's not a cis gendered bisexual woman mm. I think that I don't want to say it's easier for them but in a way I feel as though it kind of is because society already has this view of them of, oh that's hot it, and even some women think that unfortunately which is but unfortunately it is a lot of men that are just horny dudes that are like oh yeah girl on girl yeah cool but that's helped perpetuate the perpetuate the thought that that it is hot and that that's what the, the the norm is I guess for lack of a better term yeah whereas with other genders especially it's just it's sort of um for people who are closed-minded it, it just doesn't really work in their brains for some reason but yeah. for people that are open-minded I think they're just I think sometimes um, if somebody's gender diverse I mean I can't I can't speak on their behalf for this but I do believe that sometimes it's kind of expected of them to be bi or pansexual if they're gender diverse in any way. Mm. Mm. Uh, if if somebody says, "Oh, I'm," you know, "I'm a trans 
male or something like that. People, I think a lot of people automatically assume that they're bisexual or pansexual or they'll or their standards are lower or anything along those sort of lines and it's just not, not true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think those those are some of the struggles and some of the things that it the, the and some of the differences I guess between them for me. Yeah. I'm yeah. not yeah, that's 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 very true. And I guess there's a, some assumptions around people who are bi that they, you know, are easy they they will cheat on you those types of things. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm easy. <laughs> I'm easy with the right crowd. Um, That's but, true. Um, I, I, I would like to acknowledge that there are a lot of bisexual people out there that don't do similar activities as ourselves. 100%. Um, but we are both, uh, you know, um, kind of non-monogamy type of people, mm-hmm. um, which kind of leads me into the question to you, Simon, is, you you practice ethical non-monogamy. How did you get into that kind of um, you know way of structuring your relationships? Um, it was it was kind of a it came as a caveat of um, dating somebody who ended up being my ex. I guess it was sort of a yeah. So before we got together, we spoke about the fact that she was polyamorous and whatnot, and I was like. I could actually dig that a little bit. I had a lot of growing to do afterwards, but that's that's sort of just how it started. And from that point, I just, I guess, I just dove headfirst into into learning and my and growing my knowledge base because that's sort of what I do. Is especially if it's something to do with myself, especially now. Yeah, and when you say you, you know, um, dived headfirst into like being non-monogamous, mm. what, what, what type of things did you do? Mm. Sorry, Shakafra, I didn't dive headfirst into non-monogamy. I dived headfirst into learning about it and, mm-hmm. and gaining my knowledge around it. So reading what I could, uh, finding out what I could around it all and looking inside and how I could grow as well. So, my, uh, sorry, my, um, my, my non-monogamy, I guess, sort of stemmed from that. I, I didn't dive head first. I didn't go straight out and see other people. I always let my partner at the time go out to swingers parties and things like that and that, all of that sort of stuff. And it didn't really... I had to, I had to learn not to let it bother me, I guess. Because it's... Like I was an extremely jealous person. There's no two ways about it. So going through that and learning about myself through that was a really key part of it as well. Yeah, and did you did you eventually go with your partner to like swinger parties and things like that? I did not, because at oh. the time I wasn't really interested in it. It was almost just the polyamorous. Excuse me. Sorry, I'm eating at the same time as I'm doing this, so there's going to be noise and hiccups and all sorts of stuff all around the place. But um, no, for for me at that point it was it was all basically just polyamory based. I wasn't interested in in too much else. That has evolved over the years, um, and I do a lot more swinging, and um, I have had open relationships in the in within that time as well. But yeah. back then it was just sort of. Uh, I wasn't too bo- I wasn't too bothered about it. Yeah. Like, and, while, um, while I was dating her, I didn't date other people or anything either. So it was... Yeah. And um, when was when what was your first kind of 
swingers event that you went to? Um, I was just one here in here in Christchurch, out at a out at a place called Tours Manor. And did you go as a single um, bloke or? I'm trying to think now. I think oh, I might have gone with my partner at the time. I can't quite remember. It was a fair while ago now, and my I think I think I have fair reasons to say that that my memory is not the what it once was, even a few months ago at the moment. Yeah, no worries. And um, did you did you have any like stereotypes in your head when you first kind of entered into like you know being in the lifestyle as people say, or into polyamory mm-hmm. at all? Do you have any like stereotypes in your head, or any like major um, misconceptions about it? About non-monogamy or polyamory, or uh, about non-monogamy, polyamory, or kind of lifestyle kind of events. Yeah. Okay. So by this time, I'd gone to a lot of kink parties already. Uh, so did you start with kink first? Absolutely, I did. That that's how my ex, well, that ex and myself at the time, that's how we met, was through the kink scene. Um, and how so, did you get into kink? Um, as bad as it sounds, and as awful as it sounds, porn. Yeah, well, it's kind of the first kind of entry point to a lot of sexual things, right? Yeah, but there, there, there's so many, looking back on it now, there's so many things that are not right with porn when it comes to kink as well. There are well, a few it's, sites that... It's that, make-believe, it's not real sex, right? Hmm... I would argue that one. It is real sex still. It's just some parts of it are enhanced for other people's pleasure. Yeah. Hmm. But thankfully there are some kink websites that do almost like a negotiation video beforehand and go through the um through the safe words and stuff like that, which is which is good because at least it's something. Um, and that's nice. So that's sort of that, that's sort of how I learned about that. And now I actually I watch a lot of kink porn purely for to see if they have that uh, discussion at the start before they actually get yep. involved with it. Because then I know at least it's somewhat you know above board. And yeah. And so how did you get from like watching porn to? Kind of like, ha- did you go to a munch or how did you kind of get in touch with like the local scene? Yeah, so the local scene actually happened considerably later on down the line, probably about two or three years down the line. So when I first went from porn, I got onto Fet Life, but I didn't really commit to it or anything like that. And I just, um, you know, did a whole bunch of kinky shit without really knowing and um, made a fair few mistakes. Looking back at it, at the time, I just thought they were whatever. But they were actually quite bad. Um, I'll tell a story. I was playing with, with one person who is a very dear friend of mine now, thankfully. But um, I was doing a whole bunch of kinky shit with them. And then, for, for, for lack of a better term, ghosted them. Okay. Which is such a fucking horrible thing to do. But at this point, I didn't know anything about aftercare. I wasn't emotionally intelligent as a human being by any stretch. Um, 
you know, I, I didn't really understand it from their point of view. I was just the the, the quintessential Domly McDom pants and I'm in charge sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And like looking back on it, it was horrendous in every sense of the word. But that's how it was. And luckily, I I did end up uh, another a different ex um, invited me along to a TNG, which is the Next Generation uh, coffee meet. Yeah. And I went along with them, and that's when it all really started, I guess, properly. Oh, that's good. And sort of just went from there. And I I went along to a few classes, I went along to a a fair few parties, I talked to people, I got to know people, I played with a bunch of different people, which was wonderful, and yeah. Excellent. And um, what I guess kind of talking about, like, kink, the kink scene and like swinging the scenes mm. and you know you kind of your like your sexy adventures has there been like an absolute high point in, in kind of your kind of exploration of the you know the other mm. discovering electroplay was a big one for me yeah because that's now one of my main things as you well know miss <laughs> um not that I've been able to use it all on you yet <laughs> I've, I've been witness to it. You've been witness to it, exactly. You've been party to it. <laughs> um, that was that made a big change for me. Um, obviously, learning about the aftercare side of things helped me with my own personal growth as well. Yeah. Hugely throughout that, because I didn't want to mistreat people, but if you don't know, you don't know, sort of thing, I guess. A hundred percent. And has there been like a certain event or like? you know, a certain moment where you've just kind of sat back and you've been like, wow, did that just happen? There was one particular party I did, and this is a thing that I'm, excuse me, that I want to take to a proper kink event, like a a fetish ball or something like that. Uh, I did a Phantom of the Opera scene. Oh, nice. As, As you know, I love my musicals and whatnot. But I had I had the grotesque face underneath the mask and all of that sort of thing, so the whole thing was very theatrical. Uh, but all of the movements were along with the music, and kind okay. of acting out the play while also administering some pain and some flogging and some caning and some all sorts of pain implements, I guess. But during the softer moments, showing that, I guess, passion and desire and the, the, the connection between us two as well, mm-hmm. at that point was really, really strong and really, really shone through and was really beautiful. But I, I really want to take that onto like a car, a large kink event that has performances, that actually, like, you know, actually has kink performances. Yeah, yeah. And have you been to some of those events where they've, you know, done like shibari or, you know, uh, like suspensions or things like that? Yeah, I've been, I've been to a few. So we, we have the fetish ball here, which um, it does a whole bunch of acts. It does a lot of fire play. It does, you know, everything, all sorts of things like that. And it's, it's, it's basically kinksters being able to be kinksters whilst also watching a show. Yeah. Which yeah. is... I, I guess it's kind of circus, well not themed, but um, 
sort of uh, I've lost my train of thought here, but um, it's kind of like burlesque meets king. Yeah. 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 That's so, great. So, a lot of the time, a lot of the time, there's just one person performing, which makes it interesting. But yeah. there are there is two and, people as well. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. I've interrupted. Yeah, you. and what do you think has been a low point in kind of your journey, like so far? A low point in my journey. Hmm. Uh, there's there could be a couple. One is sort of. It's it's not a low point as such, but it's something that I'm kind of sad about. Is that I'm not part of the local scene at the moment, just because there's a couple of people that I disagree with, and I, I find that quite sad and disappointing, mm. both in myself and just the situation, I guess, because I I kind of expect myself to be to be able to get through those things, and I I I've tried a couple of times, but I've just found myself a little bit eh it's too much effort to try and go through that yeah um yeah. another so. another one is one time and this was a big mistake that i made is that i'd played with somebody at a party at the at one place before uh and the mistake i made is we went back to that place and i was um fooling around with them again but it was under the assumption that everything was the same as last time, so we hadn't had a new negotiation or anything like that. Mm. And this was still quite early on in my journey. But, um, and they... They weren't about it. Unfortunately, I didn't find that out until later on because I thought they were doing it in the moment. And, like I said, back then I wasn't exactly smart enough to realise what was actually happening. I wasn't reading... I wasn't very good at reading situations and everything like that. I thought it was just a bit of fun mm, when mm. it it really it wasn't. But and it, it's just one one of those big lessons is that one negotiation does not cover everything unless it's specifically stated that it covers all times. Yeah, which yeah. is usually quite rare because you're in different moods for different things all the time. Yeah, and I guess you kind of uh, you're across three kind of main kind of groups of people which are you know lgbt plus you know community this the lifestyle community and then the the kink community what's been kind of your experience with kind of all three different communities they interlock quite a lot they they very much interlock quite a lot especially when it comes to the non-monogamy and kink scenes yeah i found that they hugely interlock and you'll get a large amount of people in both scenes. I don't want to put that out as a generalization, but that is my experience and what I've known. And part of that is because people um, people get play partners when they're involved with kink who aren't their actual partners, but they're getting something that their partner doesn't isn't good at or doesn't offer. Like for me, there's only a few electro people around, so I was lucky enough to be that guy for a few people like they they enjoyed electro play but they couldn't get it from their partner because their partner hadn't gotten to that experience level yet or something like that so yeah. that, that that's why the the non-monogamy and kink scenes join in quite a bit and i think 
the key thing that links all three of them just in general is the open-mindedness of people that are involved with any of them. Yeah. A lot, a lot of them don't judge others for that, except for, except for the sexuality thing. I think people do still get judged quite a lot in that. Because my, my big thing with it, sorry, I'm going all over the place here, but it's me, so deal with it. Um, <laughs> a big thing with with being a bisexual male is quite often I'm not gay enough for men. Yeah. Uh, but. Also, not straight enough for women, which puts yeah. you in this weird sort of paradox where you're just like, well, now I can't get anyone, so I guess I'll fuck myself. <laughs> and I guess, uh, like, when, when we were last at our secret spot, mm. I remember as the night were kind of coming to a bit of the close, there were some late people that had come upstairs. Yes. And they saw you with your electric machine. Yes. And they were very curious, but just how how they were, I, I, I don't know how accepting of other things they would be, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I would say they definitely won't, because they, they weren't even open to the experience that I, was go- that I was giving them, and they were like, is this meant to make me come? For example, was one thing that just sticks out in my memory. Yes. And it's just like, well, no, it's not, but it's about the sensation. Oh, what? You, what's the point of it if it doesn't make you come? I'm sitting there going, really? Like, is yeah. that all you give a fuck about? Like, wake up a little bit, learn and, a wee bit. And would you give any kind of advice, like, to people that are thinking of kind of entering into, like, the kink community or the the lifestyle community? Um, who who is who are who is a bi male like being a bi guy yourself? Mm. What what's helped you um, have have good experiences and how have you handled yourself as a single bloke as well? Hmm. I mean, to be fair, I don't talk about my sexuality a lot anyway. I, I didn't have a, a coming out or anything like that. It just sort of I shared memes on Facebook and people started cl- cluing in. I guess. Um, but as, as a bi male going into the scene, mm, I guess just be upfront and honest is, is the main thing. And learn as much about each thing that you're going into as you can. Yeah. Um, knowledge is power, well, not power, but knowledge is amazing when it comes through to these sorts of things. Because anybody who's half switched on will pick you up on your bullshit really quickly. Yeah. If you go yeah. through any of these, especially in kink. Because, well, people's safety is at risk when you go into kink and whatnot. So, people kind of care about their own safety. But, knowledge, 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 knowledge. Like, after, after my relationship with my with the ex that got me into polyamory finished, I didn't date anybody for about two years, I don't think. Yeah. But during that whole time, it was just learning about, about polyamory, about non-monogamy, about myself and how I could improve myself and stop these jealous streaks that I was getting and stop these um, even and I was learning how to speak to people a lot better and yeah especially especially towards women which as, as you know has been kind of a tirade of mine um, for, for a while now is is how people speak to speak to women and and, and females just in general and how they don't realise what their actions and words mean. 
Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Like, just... Also, don't just learn from... Especially with kink, I will say with this one, but in with non-monogamy as well, don't try and learn everything from one person or from one from one source. Yeah, yeah. And... And I've, I've used this a couple of times. I used the Anakin Skywalker story to go through this, right? Yeah. Um, Anakin Skywalker, he was... Um, he thought he was fighting for the right side, the good side, all the way along. All the way through. Until at the end, you realise that Chancellor Palpatine, who he was following all the way through, who was shown as a booger, was actually Darth Sidious and was on the dark side of the Force the whole time. Yeah. So if you put that into into a kink or even even a a lifestyle, uh, a non-monogamy scene, if you're learning everything from this one person, it doesn't mean they're 100% correct or correct at all. Yeah. There's no such thing as a Yoda couple. No. It, it, it's good to learn from multiple sources about what their dynamic looks like, what, you know, how they are as people. Yeah. Um, and especially with kinks as well, if you're, if you're learning about, say, Electro, I would sit there and say, don't just learn from me. One, do your own yeah. research, and two, re- learn from others as well. Yeah, definitely. And um, would you ever date monogamously? Would, if, say, if you met someone and and they wanted to date, mon- you know, in a closed relationship, would you explore that? Mm. It's a tough question. I don't really know. Am I close to the idea? No. Do I think it would succeed? No. Especially if it was over a long term. If it started as monogamous with the with the thought to move to that later on, and genuinely that thought to move to that later on, then that might make me perk up a little bit more. But yeah, it's it's not likely. And that's that's why my dating pool here is so freaking minuscule. I live in a small country. We have four, what, four million people, I think, in total in in New Zealand. Yeah, you got more. You got more sheep than uh, than people. So does Australia, by the way. <laughs> we have got a bigger population, though. Still. Yeah, but you know, we got four million people. Then you add in the fact that I'm kinky, that takes out a whole bunch. You add in the fact that I'm bisexual, that takes out a shit ton of people. And then you add in the fact that I'm non-monogamous. That takes out the rest of the people bar like three in the country. <laughs> and then and then you add the fact that there needs to be that spark and that attraction between people and, you know, that, that attraction level straight away. It's, it's, it's difficult here. Luckily, we do have a... Um, we're quite an open-minded society in general until you hit the country. Yeah. Well, the countryside, not the 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 country, but um, the 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 Texas of New Zealand, I guess, uh, or the southern states of New Zealand. I don't know how to explain it, but the 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 non towns, the non big cities. Yeah, yeah. And that's when you start to hit a wee bit of a wee bit of strife, I would think. But we are quite an open-minded country, which is lucky. Yeah, and um. When you when you go to an event as a single guy at the moment, mm-hmm. well, when events kind of happen again, I mm-hmm. guess a lot of it's still, you know, tentative after the lockdowns. But 
what what do you do when you're a single guy going to you know you know a, a munch or a, you know another kind of get together in the kink community or lifestyle community? How do you handle handle yourself? This is an awkward one for me because I don't. I'm really not very good if I have to go and talk to somebody I don't know. If I'm introduced to somebody, I'm a hundred percent fine. If I know somebody, I'm I will probably talk their ear off. But actually making that first move is super difficult for me. So I, a lot of the time I tend to just sort of stick to myself, unless I'm opinionated on something. If, yeah. I'm, if I'm opinionated on something, and I, and I tend to be addressing a group as opposed to a single person. I'm fine. Addressing groups is not an issue for me in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And how how do you do you like to ask people like in the in the like lifestyle kind of like swingers club? Mm. If you want to play with somebody or some people, what what do you do when you're you know engaging with those people? Do do you ask them or you know what do you do when you want to you know go upstairs? Well, I mean. Play? I- with, with with me, I don't just see somebody and go, all right, them, I want to take them upstairs. That's not who I am. I like to have that level of base attraction, which is not just looks-wise. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm I'm a quite a straight-up person. I, if I'm interested them, in them, I'll say, hey, I'm actually really attracted to you. I'm interested in you. Would you like to go upstairs? Mm-hmm. And I'll mm-hmm. probably say it like that, almost like slightly shyly, I guess. Because I, yeah, well, well, I, I, I'm not a big fan of rejection. Well, no one is really. But I've had a lot of it in my life, so I'm, I'm actually quite afraid of rejection, quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So it, it comes from a genuine place. It's not like I'm trying to be like that to try and, you know, convince them to come upstairs or feel sorry for me and come upstairs yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. It's kind of just natural, but. But yeah, I I am straight up, and if I'm interested in someone, then I'll tell them that I'm interested in them. Yeah, and um, do you have any kind of um, desires or like, you know, do you have a fuck it list at all? Mm. Most of my fuck it list is gone. I've ticked off everything on it. Ah. I had a lot of sex when I was young. What was the last thing you ticked off your fuck it list? Hmm. I can tell you one that's probably the more the weirder one. Yeah, okay. And that, and that was I, I I fucked on stage in front of 250 people. Wow. Yep. Where was, where was this? This was in Europe. It was a long time ago. But it happened. Um. Also, one happened. It was. Well, it was all basically a year ago now, because I'm going through all my Facebook um, memories, and this time last year I was doing my road trip through the states. Yeah. And nice. um, so it was meeting somebody, um, well not meeting, well talking to somebody on Twitter, and then meeting up with them and going to a swingers club, and then, you know, so it's almost just meeting up with randoms and going to a swingers event and having fun with a whole bunch of people that I've never met or. And there was a couple of people that I had had barely talked to throughout the evening, so it was slightly putting myself out of my own comfort zone. I guess is the yeah, best nice. way to put that. Yeah, putting myself out of my comfort zone would be the last thing I've ticked off my fuck it list. Yeah, 
Yeah. So my comfort zone isn't does not hold a lot of stuff. Yeah, and right. um, is there any any anything like any fancies or desires that you still have left to do? My big one is to is to do that stage version of the Phantom of the Opera with Kink. Yeah, nice. Uh, that's the big one that I really want to do, but I need to find the right person and build up that level of trust and everything like that. Not to mention the choreography and stuff that would be involved in it. Because I, I have it all written out on how it would look and what would and what would happen. <laughs> I'm gonna call. I'm gonna go out on a limb and call myself a um a kink Lin Manuel Miranda here. Well, there's an event in Sydney called Rule Thirty Four Club, mm-hmm. and I think <laughs> that um that idea would definitely be suited to Rule Thirty Four Club. Hmm. Now I just need to find the person. <laughs> I would volunteer. Hmm. We would not have enough time. Yeah, like it's about the average it. performance is ten minutes maximum, really, unless you really spoke to um, Amy, the woman who runs it. Yeah, see, that wouldn't work for me because the one I've got is half an hour. <laughs> half an hour, because you, you can only fit like two Phantom Opera songs into ten minutes. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just flat out not going to work. It's all about the music. It is. Not about the kink. Yeah. Well, the angel of music sings songs in my head. Yeah. Well, <laughs> definitely look at Rule 34 Club's um, website. They have um, some galleries of their previous shows. Mm. Um, Bradford and Angela's actually been on, on their performers list. And um, I think they've been a couple of times, but one of the ones that I think is the most kind of kooky was... It was a. They always have themes, and this theme was um, heavy petting. Mm-hmm. So it was an animal theme. And uh, Angela was on stage reading the very hungry caterpillar. Mm-hmm. And then Bradford is dressed up as a caterpillar Amazing. and makes his way up on stage. Oh my god! And then Angela's wearing a skirt and no underwear. And then uh, so Bradford goes underneath. And starts eating her out. Mm. Very hungry caterpillar. Yeah, I have been on. I have been on the stage for Rule Thirty Four Club myself, but mm. I won't really go into it because my identity. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, would be um, would be ruined. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. I can understand that. Um. That, that, I'm not into the into the whole um, even fake animal play thing. I just yeah it does yeah. absolutely zero for me. Yeah. Do you have any hard limits when you do kink play? Mm. Sorry, still chewing. Um, I do. Um, I won't do any scat play. So yeah. Anything with no feces. Sorry. No brown. Yeah, no brown. I'm. I. I have for a long time, and it hasn't moved yet, but I'm willing to have it move. And that's around um, around P as well. Yeah, so no yellow. Yep, no yellow, no brown. Um, nothing illegal. So, yep. you, know, you know, underage people, animals, anything like that. Yep. It's just a straight out no for me. Most other things I'm at least open to experiencing. And I don't, mind, I don't mind trying things. 
Yeah, excellent. Um, um, so that, I, that's basically most of my questions that mm, I had in mind. Mm. I guess, um, sorry, just with that last one, the mutilation of genitalia is probably a hard limit as well. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that really doesn't do anything. Like, a little bit of CBT is fine. But, oh, and just permanent damage. Yeah. Permanent yeah. damage to anything is freaks me out. Definitely. Um, yeah, so that's that's basically all the questions that I have got for you, Simon. Oh, yay. Uh, I made is it. There any, is there anything else that you want to kind of add or comment? I guess, mate, it's, it's just that advice to just gain as much knowledge as you can, no matter what you're going into. Even if you think you might be bisexual, just research it and find out about it. Find, yeah. a, find a local yeah. group. Get in touch with everybody and, and spread where you're getting your knowledge from. Don't make it from one source or one person or one anything. Like, cast your net far and wide for that. Yeah. And be open to new experiences. Always be open to new experiences. Unless you know that it's a hard limit of yours, like, like the ones I've just said. Be open to new experiences and what they may deliver. Like a, a big one for me, for example, sorry, I'm going all over the place again and I like talking, but deal with it. Um, a big one for me that I didn't think I'd be into was electroplay. Yeah, yeah. Because it sounds fucking terrifying, for starters. But it, I didn't see that how, how it could be how it could be sexy or included in kink or anything like that, unless it was just electrocuting yourself, which is a shit time. Yeah. Yeah. But then, after experiencing it, I was just like, yeah, this is 100% me. Yeah, no. Absolutely. And that's just because I was open to that. Um, the other the other thing that I, that I would say for, for people who are coming across as D-types is don't be afraid to try an S-type for a short while, so to become a submissive yeah. type for a short while. That's how... I learned more from, well, I'm now a Switch, but I learned more from playing the S-type role, like, about being a dominant than, yeah, than yeah. I had at any other time, because if you know what, if you have an idea what the other person is going through, then you'll have a better way of how to react to that, how to deal with it, you know, how to act in general in that situation. And the other thing I'll say is try your toys on you first if you have a chance before trying it on yeah, anyone else. So you can yeah. give them an idea of, of what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Good. So that that's basically yeah, it. I love that I've just spent a whole bunch of time and you're like, what's something that you you want to add? And I'm just like, all of this shit. <laughs> I also have a very sleepy dog next to me now. Oh, very cute. He is a he is asleep. <laughs> he he got a new um a new harness today. Ah, uh, but not a kinky harness, right? No, 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 no. an actual dog together. harness. It's actually really cute. I'm gonna send you a photo of of what I'm looking at right now. Oh. Just so that you have an idea. Of, of of the cute shit that I have to del that I have to deal with. 
on a, on a daily basis. Right, I've just sent that through to you. Oh, he is so cute. But look at look at the new harness. It's all colourful and bright. And he's just, yeah, it's very cute. And he's just kind of half woken up and just gone. Yeah, you know what? Nah. I'm I'm going back to bed. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you for for doing this, Sadie. It's it's been a lot of fun. Um, yes. What I will say out there to people: if you do have any questions for me, I'm always happy to answer them. I'm always an open book when it comes to people knowing about my my shit. Um, so you can find me at the Aslot Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or aslotpodcast.com or you can email me at theaslotpodcast at gmail.com it's, it's not that difficult I've tried to make it all as uniform as I can the website's the one that I slightly fucked up because there's no the at the start of it but available on all those if you want to ask me anything I like answering questions more than asking them surprisingly with the amount that I do ask but yeah, so thank you, thank you very much, Sadie, for coming on. And, and oh, that's all right. Any time, I'm happy to be your sidekick. Hmm. I've used sidekicks in the past for different reasons, <laughs> like a literal sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay. I'll let you go then, and I'll catch you later. Thanks, Simon. Bye. And so that's the end of the discussion, uh, the interview, I guess, with Sadie, where she interviewed me. So now I'm going to just go straight on into into the Twitter sphere and um, and answer some of the questions that came up in there. Only two two people came in with questions, and they are random as all hell, but fun anyway. Why not? So we'll start with the bed hoppers questions. Well, I hope you all know the bed hoppers, but. If you don't, then go and look up the Bedhoppers, or on Twitter at BedhoppersUK. Uh, first question, who would win in a fight between Batman and Iron Man? Here's my thing with this, and it was the same with Batman and Superman. Batman doesn't have any superpowers. He has a bunch of gadgets and stuff like that, but the Iron Man suit is a far better gadget than anything that Batman has. Sorry, I have a dog still jumping on me, and he's not listening to me, so bear with me throughout this. He might uh, he might get growled at as we go through. But yeah, for me, Iron Man 100% of the time. He's able to fly as well, which is always a bonus if you need to escape battle or use it as an attack strategy. You've got that obviously still there. What is my proudest achievement is the next one that helps us. That's fantastic. Um, I mean, the the it's it's a weird one. The proudest achievement that I have is who I am today and how I've grown. I'm incredibly proud of the fact that I've changed so much from who I was into who I am now. Because as I've said multiple times as we go throughout this podcast, I wasn't a very good person. I treated people horrendously at the best of times. So. That's what I'm proudest of, and I do claim it as an achievement, because a lot of people don't achieve becoming decent people, and or, or even achieve personal growth to the level that I have throughout my life, so that's one for, the, for me. Where is, where is your happy place is the next one, from Mr. and Mrs. H. Um, I'm going to assume it was Mr. H, but it could be either of them. Where is my happy place? 
at the moment it's going on walks and just and working on myself is always a happy place for me because it allows me to allows me that sense of achievement as well. Um, football pitch is always a good is always a good one for me. Um, heading over to the to the local harbour is always nice for me as well, and going to the, up through the hills and over the beach always good. I've got a few. There, there, there is a couple of spots in the Botanic Gardens here that are key standouts as well, though. Hugely. I used to sit down and just write songs at, at one spot in our Botanic Gardens. Pretty much every day after work, I used to just go in and and play my guitar and, and write songs, so it's probably that one. Now, this next one from the Bad Hoppers is a big, big question, and it's hotly debated. Hotly, hotly debated. And... The question is, if you've listened to this podcast or listened to any interaction I've had to, with the bedhoppers, on theirs or on mine, you will know, or, or even if you go back and listen to um, episode 20, I think it is, Sexy in Sydney. Again, I, I've talked about that episode a bit recently. This question is a key, key part of it. And the question is, who really spilt the soy sauce? So, in, in Sydney, during that episode, if you too long didn't read sort of thing, um, the Bedhoppers and I, just before the party, went and went and got some food from downstairs, some dumplings and things like that and, and whatnot. So, the soy sauce was there. This is argued by Mrs. H, but she is the one that spilt the soy sauce on me. It was an accident. There's no two ways about that. I won't deny that. It was... 100% an accident. But she still claims that I spilt it on myself. Even though it was then... The the bottle of soy sauce was facing me. So it would be very, very difficult for me to knock it over myself. It, it was Mrs. H. I'm sorry, Mrs. H. I love you dearly. And you're beautiful. To be fair, so are you, Mr. H. So it all works out. And we go on to another user. I don't have... I haven't asked permission to use their name or, or anything like that, so I'm just going to go through these questions just quickly. Favorite color? Green. Uh, the brighter the green, the better. 100%. There's no two ways about that. Green gets me every single time, especially that bright, vibrant green. Favorite position? Um, I, I'm a big fan of, of a girl on top of me, personally. Um, if we're talking actual sex, which is weird because I 90% of the time play the dominant role, but I do really enjoy that and that feeling, but the jackhammer with the girl's legs around my neck as well is always is a, is a great one for me. Favourite lube brand? Um, I don't really have a favourite one. I just sort of get what's there and, and work through it. Uh, but yeah, I mean... I understand that people have favourites, I understand why people have favourites, I'm not one of those people. I just use what's there, I guess. Favourite swingers club? Our secret spot in Sydney. Um, both both of the uh, locations they have now are absolutely wonderful and perfect and just how I would want it. It's not so much of that club vibe, which is, which is ideal for me, and I know that a lot of a lot of clubs in America have that sort of club vibe. The 
club that I went to in America had that club vibe, which was wonderful, to be fair. And I, I went to that and I enjoyed it, but I'm not a big fan of clubs in general, so, so or nightclubs in general, so um, that's why I... And, and there's a few others around that are more clubby than homely, but I, I prefer that homely sort of one. So for me, our secret spot is absolutely perfect for me, and everything about it is just wonderful. Um, and last question, before we uh, wrap up. Do you believe in ghosts? In parentheses, asking for a friend. I believe that spirits still walk the earth. Um, people's spirits who it wasn't their time to to go or whatever, but it's not a it's not a huge thing for me. It, I sort of sit there and go, why does it really matter? But ghosts itself, you know, the the stereotypical ghosts, no, not really. Um, yeah, it's just one of those ones. It, it's just not something that I'm obviously that I'm overly troubled by. Uh, I, I wouldn't call them ghosts, but yeah, so there you go. And again, if you have any questions, feel free to get at me on Twitter or email me or whatever you want to do. You can get in contact with me in many ways. I think I've said it a couple of times throughout this episode. But do go ahead, get them through. I'm more than happy to talk about them on the air or off the air. If you need advice, that's definitely part of the Airslot Podcast. That's what the A stands for. And advice, sex, love, with understanding and trust. But for now, I will uh, leave you all to it. But uh, never forget, let's get a slutty. of your lips, dear, but much more for the touch of your whips, dear. You can raise welts like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango. Say our love is a flame, not an amber. Say it's me that you want to dismember. Blacken my eye, set fire to my tie as we dance to the masochism tango. At your command, before you here I stand, my heart is in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's here that I must be. My heart entreats, just hear those savage beats and go put on your cleats and come and trample me. is hard as stone or mahogany that's why i'm in such exquisite agony my soul is on fire it's a flame with desire which is why i perspire when we tango you caught my nose in your left castanet love i can feel the pain yet love Every time I hear drums And I envy the rose That you held in your teeth Love With the thorns underneath Love 
sticking into your gums. Your eyes cast a spell that bewitches. The last time I needed 20 stitches to sew up the gash you made with your lash as we dance to the masochism tango. Bash in my brain and make me scream with pain then kick me once again and say we'll never part. I know too well I'm underneath your spell. So darling, if you smell something burning, it's my heart. Don't you take your cigarette from its holder and burn your initials in my shoulder. Fracture my spine and swear that you're mine as we dance to the massacre. Tango.